Let's try again. Any better? Good. Uh, we just want to use this opportunity tonight in an informal setting to introduce you to a couple of important guys in the project. And the first one sat beside me is John, John Hardy. And he's the architect that, um, that we've employed to, to help us with the building. And really one of the purposes tonight is to get you to know him as a person. I've had the joy of getting to know John over many coffees, yeah. over many phone calls. Um, I upset him because I usually ask him something even more difficult than last time every time I meet him. So I'm not sure why he always smiles when he sees me, but maybe it's out of fear. I'm not sure. But John, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about yourself, your family background, um, where you come from, etc. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm John, John Hardy. Um, some bad news from you, I'm Lancastrian. Oh. <laughs> Good news, I've lived here for over 25 years. Yay! <laughs> bad news, I still support Lancashire and everything. Oh. <laughs> but I, I live in Huddersfield, I'm part of uh, the community church in Huddersfield. Uh, great church, great family church like yours. Um, I'm one of the worship leaders there, uh, although less and less now because my job as an architect and my passion uh, is to serve churches like yours. So I'm up and down the country. Uh, doing what I'm doing here. Um, tomorrow I'm down to Devon, the church in Brixham, and the day after in Hereford, and it goes on. Well, that's exciting because it's great to see that God's kingdom is on the move and is growing, and that people's lives are changing. Uh, and that's my passion, and that's my passion for Sunbridge Road. That you know the the vision that God's given you will be fulfilled, and miracles will happen as they've already happened. Mm. Can you tell us how did you were you always an architect or, or what, what's your background, your working background? Um, I started wanting to be a professional musician. Uh, I did for a couple of years. Uh, Realised there's no future in it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I enjoy architecture. I, I've always enjoyed architecture. And I studied at Huddersfield. Uh, went back to to Wigan in, in uh, Lancashire. Met my wife and married her, and came over here. Uh, I think architecture's a a fantastic profession to be in, uh, being creative. Uh, and we do do other work for kind of offices and that kind of stuff, but my real passion is here. I believe that God's placed me here to serve churches like yourself, so I'm, I'm very pleased about that. That's good. Can you tell us about some of the challenges that I've presented to you with this particular uh, project? Ian Thompson. <laughs> That's a big challenge. Um, well, yeah, yeah. We, we started with vision, which is great. Um, and when we looked at vision, we came to a building which was really far too large when we tried to strategize it. And th- there, is a, there is a balance between reality and faith. And I think we've come to that now, and we understand where the building needs to be. In saying all that, Ian keeps coming to me and saying, well, we need this in the room or this in the space. And I can't quite see how it's going to happen. But miraculously, we, we know this, we've talked about it, we seem to be able to find the space for the things that you want to do. So it is quite an exciting journey, I have to say. Mm. I have to say, from our point of view, one of the exciting things has been to work with Christian architects. Because when you talk about vision, and I believe this is what God's saying, um, you talk to non-Christian architects and they it goes straight over the head. And... Uh, John appreciates it. He just goes, Lord, how? Perhaps you could share some of those hows, because I remember talking to Daniel, and he uh, he told me about the day after I'd asked you to reduce the budget by over half. Would you like to maybe share some of that with the congregation? <laughs> That's quite a big challenge, by the way. Uh, 
One of the architects in our practice, Daniel, Daniel Muziri, you might have met him. Uh, he's, he's working as a project architect on here. Uh, he's a Christian and he's passionate for God as well. Um, and as we all do, but he loves prayer. And, and any problem that's come, he, he gets literally gets down on his knees. I've walked in the office sometimes, he's down on his knees. What are you praying for, Daniel? I'm praying for Sunbridge Road. And, but, it, but it's good, isn't it? That, that He's taking it so seriously. Uh, and we've, we've found rooms and spaces that we didn't know were there. Uh, and it's not going to cost any more money. Uh, and even reducing the budget, probably by a, a million and a half and two million pounds, we're still getting the vision right, which is is nothing short of a miraculous, I have to say. It's brilliant. Good. Um, what we're going to do uh, after this, we're going to interview Andrew as well, who is helping us with the funding. And then we're going to have a short break. During that time, both John and Andrew will be available to ask questions of them. So if you've got particular questions about the building or about where they are or what's going on, that's why they're here. One of the things we wanted to do is to just show you the quality of the people we've been working with because I think they've been absolutely fantastic. And one of our prayers was that God would lead us to the right people. And although we've worked hard, we've had good fun together. Been fun. We've prayed together. We've had challenges together, but it's been a great journey, hasn't it? I've really it? enjoyed it. It's been fantastic. Thank you, yeah. So it's been great to meet John. We're going to keep it short, but there is that time both during the break and afterwards. If you want to ask any, uh, John any questions, um, please feel free to do so. That's why he's here. Thank Let's you. give him a round of applause. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to ask Andrew to come forward now, and he's got a taste of the sort of questions, so he's in sort of trepidation, not... There you go, Andrew. Yeah, okay. I'll just, well, I'll say whatever John said, if I, yeah. if I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay, just give us a bit of uh, background to yourself, so tell us a bit about yourself, your family, your interests, and what you were doing before this job. Um, so I originally come from Chester, uh, so which is like Chester's like a home county in the north, isn't it? Um, we like to think we're posh. Uh, my, um, I, I have a, a fascinating family history, which involves um, a great maternal great grandfather who was from an Irish Catholic family. His family came over in the potato family. He became a Methodist. His family disowned him and never spoke to him again. He went to China as a missionary, um, dressed in the sort of Hudson Taylor fashion like the locals, where he met my great grandmother, who had been a Methodist governess for a family in South America, and then went to China as a single woman, one of the few single women who had ever been to three different continents. So amazing. Uh, All sorts of stuff gone on in my family history that God has uh, brought about. Uh, in his uh, wisdom and providence. Uh, I studied law at university, uh, where the most significant things that happened to me were I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer because it was really boring. Um, and I became Christian in my first year uh, at university, and that then shaped the things I did subsequently, which have mostly been in two spheres. So I spent a number of years after I graduated working in fundraising for all sorts of charities, mostly community and health-related charities, so a blind society, a YMCA, Catholic Children's Society, all those kinds of places, uh, and then was a UCCF staff worker and church planter and pastor for 12 years in Liverpool. Um, and a couple of years, I basically got to the point where I was in a bit of a mess, mental health issues, was not doing particularly well, wasn't doing the church any good. It was like, I have to get off this train and not be a pastor anymore because it's not the place for me to be at the moment. Um, so what am I going to do with my life that will be useful? Um, and thought I would try and combine my experiences and skill sets so I basically now spend 
my time helping various um, charitable causes raise money. I'm doing some work for an arts centre at the moment. I've done work with various Christian organisations and quite a bit of things with churches, just really helping them to move from having an idea for a project, whether that's employing a member of staff or a community project or a building, to actually finding the funds to do it somehow, legally and ethically, ideally. (laughs) Is this being recorded? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll pass it on to it. Yeah, no. um, can you tell us how you got involved with Sunridge Road Mission? Who did you meet that was the first contact with church? Um, I got an email from Phil, and I can't quite remember why he emailed me. This happens occasionally. Somebody's gone, Phil. Oh, that's right. You came. So I did. Um, so the FIC um, conference for church leaders that I did a session on basically funding your vision. Um, and Phil was foolish enough to listen and think that I knew what I was doing and sent me an email. And here we are. I think one of the things for people here uh, that are not involved in the funded realm is to understand, you know, where can Christians get funding from that will help towards project because most people here won't be aware of that. Could you give us some sort of background in how you see that you can help us getting funding and from what sort of areas? Um, so I guess the first thing is, and this is true in every project, whether it's the people sitting here giving uh, money or the people who are out there in the rest of the world, who I'll talk about in a second, people give to a vision. So they give to a thing, a project, an idea, a group of people who want to do something which they can look at and go, that is worth doing, that is going to have a a positive impact in the world. And you have to start with that. And I think one of the great things about this project is that as a church, you obviously thought very carefully about that, about who you are, about what you want to achieve, about the difference you want to make in this area. And that is the essential starting point, because quite often I'll get a sort of, you know, churches phone me up and go, we want a building. And basically what they want is just somewhere nicer to sit on a Sunday morning and, as my friend Jason puts it, shine their lights on themselves um, and go out and say how wonderful they are. And no one's going to give you any money to do that. Uh, So the vision is the first thing. And then I think there are a number of, after that, the the next thing anybody's going to look for is, are they giving to it? Um, and unless you raise a substantial amount of the money internally, no one's. Hello. Oh, that's better. Um, no one's ever going to give you money from outside because they're going to work. They're not committed to it. Why should we be? Mm-hmm. But once those things have happened, there are then various types of people who will give you money some of them are just other christian people uh, maybe a trust that's been set up a long time ago and the interest is being given away year by year by a group of trustees who are uh, bible people uh, maybe it's a, a wealthy uh, christian currently who's set up a trust or a foundation to give some of their money away that they may have earned in business or in finance uh, whatever it might be uh, then on the other side, there are all sorts of people who are not Christians, but who recognize that churches do good things in the world, irrespective of whether you believe the sort of spiritual aspects of that or not. So you can look at the things churches do. And even if you think that the whole you know, actual existence of God thing is not true, you can still see the changes that happen in people's lives. And you may well be willing to say, well, we'll give the church some money to do that because they do a good job of it. They bring down crime. They bring people off the streets. They help kids from difficult backgrounds whatever it might be so there are i guess those two strands so there are christians who will fund things because they love the gospel and they want gospel things to happen there are people who are not christians who will fund things because they see the fruit if you like of those things even if they don't share the same sort of belief and vision about what 
why that's really valuable, which I guess is what will be shared within the room here. That's good. Could you give us some examples of where you've worked with churches and how you've helped them and the sort of things that you've been able to bring to the table, both finance and other things? Um, yes, yeah, so I've done various different bits and pieces. Um, so uh, at the church that I was working at, um, we bought a, a building that was... Um, it was basically a house, a big sort of Georgian terraced house at the end of a street in Liverpool City Centre. cost about a million pounds. Um, and really what I did there was move that from the original idea was basically some people wanted to be an office. I'm like, we're not spending a million pounds on an office. Uh, we're not, we're not, we're just, <laughs> that's not happening. And actually developing that into thinking about well, how, what are the things that this community actually really needs. It was a sort of it's actually right in the city centre, so quite a wealthy community, but really lacking some things. For example, there's no stay and tape, play toddler group at all anywhere nearby, and lots of people didn't own cars, so there's an obvious need. So we, we, we changed what we were doing as a church so that actually we were meeting the needs of the community, and that would then attract, attract funding. And we got something like 900,000 of our million pounds, um, 500,000 pounds of it in a single gift from a um, guy who ran a hedge fund in London. Um, and then the other £400,000 in lots and lots of small gifts from trust foundations, individuals, um, and then took out a, a mortgage for the rest, um, which is not yet paid off. Um, and that actually the church is now moving to a bigger building um, and is selling that building at a small profit. So that's mm-hmm. good. Um, I think one of the things we want to get ho- a hold of is the concept of what's available. Before I changed my job and worked for a, a Christian charity, my concept, Christian-wise, is Christian people gave, and that's how you got money. And that was it. And as I worked there, I saw that, yes, it's a partnership. God requires us to do our part, but then he does the other part. Now, we can say that comes by applying for funding, and someone does it. What I found as I was applying for that funding, the more I prayed, the more that came in. And God would reveal things to me when I was doing just put this in, just take that in. And then when we found when we got them, I found we got them because we did the bit that God had laid on my heart. I think one of the best examples was I was doing this funding and I just looked at it and it just wasn't comfortable. And I know Andrew's been there because we've talked about this before. Today. There's just something missing. And I went out to see some of our project workers and they were in a park. And one of the guys was taking a video of what they were doing. And God just said, that's it. So I said, can I have the video? And I took the video and I put it in with the funding bid. And it came back and we got 178000 from that bid. And when we got it, there was only two people got the bid. I said, why did you give us the bid? He said, the video. He said, I remembered the video and it told the story. And that's what it is. It's a partnership. We do our bit and we've got to apply and we've got to do it. But then God does things and he can do that through funding. Would you agree with that? Yes. And... And it is, all we can do is the best job that we can to go, this is something that we're passionate about, that we believe in, that we really think can work, and then actually trust that whatever the, the amount of money that is really needed will come. Um, and that's, that's, that's how providence works, isn't it? Um, so I guess what I'm saying to you is we've got somebody who's going to put bids in, but you've got your part to play. You need to pray that those bids are going to fall on the right table in front of the right person with the right thing to do it. And that's how God works. It's a partnership. So don't let's think we've got Andrew. It's up to him to make sure it all comes in. It is actually, but never mind. (laughs) Not true. We have our part to play as well. We have to give and we have to pray. 
So we're just going to break for a short time now. We're going to have sort of tea and coffee. What's the plan, Val? Do we just come and grab it from here or, or what? The table is there. The table, so if you can just take things off. But mill around and talk. There's John at the back. There's Andrew here. Just do that and then we'll call you together. But if you can grab things as quick as we can, then we can move through. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Give him a round of applause. He'll feel left out. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. How are you? You're right. I'm good, thank you. I'm good. If you'd like to take your seats, just carry on eating and drinking, but a little bit less of the talking and that'll be great. Okay. So, the next part of what we're going to do tonight, um, we're going to find out what the next part of the process is um, with the building. But one important question to John, first of all, pertains to tonight, are we going to have air conditioning in the new building, John? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that a happy ending for everybody? Okay, um, so at the moment we're going through a consultation process. For those of you in the service, uh, you'll be aware of it, for those uh, are not. So basically, uh, we will be consulting with all the different ministries, looking at the plans that have been put together so far and getting people's feedback for it. So if you're involved in a ministry and your ministry leader hasn't spoken to you, please go and speak to them and share whatever thoughts you've got about the building, because that's what it's all about. We can't speak to everybody, but we're going to speak to ministry leaders. So if you're involved um, in Real Hope, go and see Bruce, go and see Adam. If you're involved in See and Know, 50 plus, go and see Suzanne. Tell them what you think. If you're involved in any other ministry, go and see your ministry leader and make sure they feedback to us. And of course, you can come and see myself or any of the elders at any time as well. But please do. We will need your feedback on these things. You know, if something's really important to you, to have something somewhere, let us know. Because we want this building to be as fit for purpose as we can. Mm. Once we get that, once we get all that feedback back, I'll be going back to John. And John's going to take us from there what the, the, the next part of the process will be. Okay. Um, just to um, go back a few steps... Uh, I think it's very important that we understand the godly vision that is given to you. And it's important that the building is there to serve the vision and not the other way around. The, the building is a tool for you and God together as a partnership in this area. And I've seen so many buildings that have been put up and churches can't use them the way they want to because they're not designed right. But it goes into that micro vision as well. In your little groups of, you may be a youth leader or real hope or working with the children or, or many others, it's important to find out what God's given you for that vision. And it may be, oh, we really need a, a, a really good floor surface on here because of, can you help us? And that's really important when we get down to the nitty-gritty details. So we've gone through the vision um, process and we've strategized that and we've come now through an outline design process to a, to a detailed design process. We're just about right to put a planning application in. Uh, but inside, a lot can still change and, 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 and really, really I want it, I shouldn't be saying this, but I want it to because I want your input into what God has said to you because it's your building as well. It's the church's building. And uh, God's given you a vision for the ministry that you're serving in. So please, please talk to the, to the leaders and tell them your heart, and that would be great. So when we've got planning approval, uh, we will 
just been speaking to uh, uh, one of your, your members at the back, we source very, very uh, competent contractors to be able to construct this building. And because I'm from Huddersfield, I know three or four or even five contractors already know who are ideal for uh, this project. But it's not just a matter of going out to tender and getting a price back and giving out a contract. We'll spend perhaps even two or three months after they've put their tender in to make sure that, they've underst- that they understand your vision as well. It's not just a matter of pricing off some drawings, but they catch what you want to do. Uh, I've seen builders th- through some of our buildings that we've designed truly bowled over by the love of God through the people as they've been building the, the project. Um, and that's what I want to happen here, actually. Amen. Um, so that's the process. Hopefully we'll be able to go into planning soon. Uh, the councils are quite slow. Uh, it, it should take two to three months. I don't think it will take a, a little longer. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has anybody got any particular questions? We're going to have sort of an open time later, but if there's just one or two quick ones, we will take them now. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll heave a sigh of relief. Okay. Um, What I'd like to do at uh, at this point is Philip, uh, Philip, Philip, that's a proper Sunday name, isn't it, Phil? Philip and myself are just going to um, share a few things about the journey so far and answers to prayer. Um, I'd like to, the two things I'm going to share, the first one is really going back right to the beginning. Um, When Pastor Phil came to us as elders and said he believed that we should be moving out and extending our tent pegs and moving moving to a new site and going out there, it took us some time as we prayed through it to start seeing that vision and God starting to speak that into our hearts too. And then one of the first early questions was, well, where should we have the building? And if you're looking at most of the church buildings in the area and things, they go out of town centre because the land's cheaper, you've no problems with parking, you've all those things. And these were the sort of things in my head. And as we prayed about we felt God was saying, this is our community. And from that point, I started prayer walking around the area. And all the time I said, God, what community? It's a business community. Where are the people? There's nobody on street corners. There's nothing here. I don't get this, God. And the amount of times I said, I don't get this, God. And God still kept on laying on our hearts to be here. And I'm, I'm still not getting this, God. Where is our community? And it was only as God started to do some amazing things that I saw the picture. The nine-storey building got filled with students. Joseph Brennan House shut down. It got filled with people. Chain Street Flats were renovated. Planning permission was coming up all around for communities. I got involved in Hope House. I saw people around there. And I started to see people. As I'm walking around, I'm praying. Now I'm seeing people. I'm going... Lord, this is our community, and I could see it. You know, when you get a vision, sometimes you've got to step forward with faith. And the, 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 the account that God gave me was walking round the walls of Jericho. What is the point of walking round the walls of Jericho? <laughs> we want to get down in and get No, walk round the walls. Do it again and again. What, you know, 
if it had been me, I'd go, why? Why? We've all heard that, haven't we? And I was saying this to God. But you know, the other thing is God knew all the time. He had a community. He had a purpose. I just couldn't see it. And the hardest thing with vision is seeing what's not right in front of your eyes. And that's faith. And you know, when we are faithful and go, God, I don't understand it. However, I will walk with you. Then God starts to open the vision. The other little story I want to share with you. I, I could have done many today because I've, I've been at this right from the start. And I see all the answers to prayer week by week. And there's been many, many amazing ones. Probably the biggest and most amazing one for me was with the old sports hall. I used to go and pray around that building and I'd look and say, God, what a mess. This building hasn't been used for 25 years. It's a mess. And my business head was saying, knock it down. Because if we do, we don't have to pay VAT. Because if you are, if you refurbish a building, you've got to pay VAT. If you've got a new building, you don't. And I looked at the costings we were getting for knocking it down and what the VAT would be, and I'm saying, it's got to go. And I was walking and praying around, and God really, really spoke to my heart. I won't share all the stuff with it, but God really spoke to my heart and said, I want you to see this building as I see it. And I started to look at it in different light, and as God spoke to me through various things, I saw, and God really confirmed to me, you need to keep this building. And I'm going, okay, I get what you're saying, but... And then, of course, the roof started to cave in. And we got a cost for doing it. And it was tens of thousands of pounds. Those were just estimates from people coming to have a look at it. The business head said, this is just not practical to spend that amount of money on an old building. And then I got a phone call from a local businessman. And he said, I have to move out of my premises and I need a local premises as a store thing and I notice you've got a building there. Can I rent it from you? So I said, do you know what it looks like? So we went to look around and he goes, it's a mess, isn't it? He says, but I'm a builder. He says, here's a deal for you. Instead of me paying you rent, what about me repairing the windows and the doors and the roof in exchange for the rent? And then at the end of a period of time, I'll hand it back to you as a usable building. And I'm going... <laughs> it's not often I'm speechless, as most of you will know, but I was speechless. You know, things like that tell me that there's a God. Because that's not something I could engineer. I might know people, I might try and manipulate things, but I can't do that. I can't bring somebody out of nowhere. And it's at times like that, and there's been so many of those where you say, God, this is you. And we need so many of those things. We can do our part, but we need God to do the bigger part. God says, give me your faith. Give me what you've got, and I'll take it to the next level. I'll do for you what you can't do for yourself. And those are the two stories, like I said, because those have been such an encouragement. And I'm thrilled with what God's doing so far. It's tough. It's hard. It's a lot of hard work, but I can see God in it. And that gives me the faith to come on and say, yeah, come on. Let's move forward, guys. Thanks, Phil. Or do you prefer this? Yeah, that's fine. Let's just share some of the um, other blessings. There's been, as Ian said, there's been so many along the way. And uh, one of the blessings is the Chinese church who are part of this. As uh, I, I realise, actually, looking out, there's some of you have been with us, be, be, been here in, in the process all from the very beginning. I think it was 2000. 
what are we now? 2006, 2005? So it's over about 11 years, I think, we started on this, maybe even before then. But some have become, been more recent and been part of it um, recently, and, and that's great uh, that you're part of it tonight. Um, the Chinese church meet on a Sunday afternoon, and they're very, very committed to this. They're part of, we feel they're part of us. And uh, so Ian's had the presentation that he shared with us, with the Chinese. Uh, they've been tithing their offering uh, monthly um, and giving that amount to the building fund over the last number of months now. And also giving significant extra to individually. So that's, that's a real blessing. Um, it's been a long journey. And some of you will remember that we, we did have a building search committee made up of Lionel and John Ayres and they looked around all this area and they looked at buildings and we considered buildings, we considered Slingsby's up Preston Road, Preston Street, we considered the old Maestro building, Do you know, the, was it Maestro at the end of Boland Street, that nightclub that's still for sale, considered that, was, was it, I can't remember what it was named but it was something like that. Um, we considered, where are we, Thornton Road, at the end of City Road, and Thornton Road, a building on the right there. Um, there was Boots, you know, up at the university. Uh, we even thought of that and looked around, prayed about it. We then thought of um, the Power Sports across the road there. We suggested to the owner he might like to sell it at one stage and um, then we talked to him and then he put it for, and then he did put it for sale and we were interested in power sport building we but when we talked to him it was he was asking far too much so the door closed and all the way along i'm going to come back to the blessings the blessing of a closed door the doors were closed all the way and then we looked at castles don't know if you remember boland street um the building came up for sale on Boland Street. We prayed about it. We inspected it. We looked at it. We pr- and we felt God would have us offer. And we put in an offer for that. Um, it was below the asking price quite substantially. And we said, well, Lord, that's what we can afford. That's what we felt it was worth. And we left it with God. That door closed. The, day, the week it closed and the, we, we learned that we hadn't been successful, out of the blue, Provident rang us. Um, or contacted us, I'm not sure if it was email or, or what. I, I'd previously been in Provident, taking a Bible study for, I don't know, a number of years before that. And about three years before then, I'd heard that they were on the move, and they were planning and they were building. And one of the gentlemen in the little study of about three or four or five people was one of the managing directors. And so I said to him, we would might be interested eventually, you know, which is something we might be interested we talked a little bit about it, and then on that week after that other door closed, we got this phone call or whatever, they contacted us saying, would we like a meeting? Would, be int- would we be interested in talking about your plans together? And after that, that was going back, I would think about seven years, six years, something like that, probably not as far back as that, that's history. And the the... the the way forward has just evolved after that. And the, you know, a, a closed door is just as much an answer to prayer as an open door. And along the way, each time the doors closed, we went back to God and said, what's happening? 
we were discouraged or disappointed and proved, you know, it really did make us question and go back to God. And each time, the confirmations came again. And God has blessed. Because he's, he's led us to the right place at the right time. And we believe in the right area that God wants us to be in. And these lovely confirmations, just one quick other thing. Again, it's going back, but just a, a blessing. It was going back 2007, I think it was. We had a gift day. On that gift day, we had Pastor Joshua from Uganda sharing. He shared about the need in Uganda. And a number of the congregation afterwards said, we really believe we should give that gift given for the building on that day, which came to about, I don't know, £6,000 something, to Uganda, Uganda Project. We, we went away as elders, we thought about it, and we thought, no, we can't do that because that money had been given in good faith for the building. But we decided that the next gift day, instead of going to the building, it would go to the Uganda Project. don't know if you remember this. And we brought this to the church and asked you, in your goodness and generosity, if you would give just as much, if not more, to that project, knowing it would be a gift day for Uganda. And the amount was amazing. I think it was something like, I, I, I didn't check the figures, it might have been £8,000, something like that. And that was a lot for us to do, to give that to Uganda. That following week, somebody in our fellowship who knew nothing about what had been going on wrote a cheque for £13,000 saying that's for the church, however you want to use it. And uh, I, I know this person, I know, you probably guess some of you might know, but he's, he's both deaf and he was dumb and he couldn't understand what he, hear what was saying. And, and uh, he, he, he was not with the church in, in the sense of he, wasn't, he hadn't been there the few weeks before. He didn't know anything about what was going on. And we'd been praying that God would just confirm that what was done was right. And so that money that he gave, some of it went towards the mission to Uganda and the rest went into the building fund, much more than actually we'd given away. And so just little confirmation, well, little big confirmations to us, blessings of God, that God, God's been in this and God is guiding. He's got his hand on the tiller and uh, we're, we're struggling at times, you know, what, what are you doing, Lord? Where are we going? Why is it taking so long? But we're just holding firm to the promises God's given us. So we've got a lot to thank God for, M many answers to prayer that we could go into. So I'm going to um, hand over to Tony, and uh, it's going to sort of have a bit more of an open time now. Thank you. So all we've heard so far is pretty amazing, isn't it? You know, we've got a faithful God, a sovereign God, who's working out his purposes. I love that little illustration there about the closed door is as much an answer as an open door because sometimes you know you, you don't realize that you feel like you're hitting a brick wall and not getting anywhere but actually that's God's answer to us and that's how we should pray isn't it Lord you know open doors or closed doors and clearly throughout um, all that Phil and Ian have been sharing and all that we're seeing and believing God for he's, he's opening up a way for us to, to do this and to accomplish this. So what we want to do in the next just 10 minutes or so, we're just going to have a time where if any of you guys got anything you want to share, just any sort of little testimony yourself, maybe what God's been saying to you about this, only if it's good, if it's bad, then just tell Phil afterwards. Um, just anything that you want to share, maybe a scripture that's been on, on your mind, um, anything you want to do, and then we're going to have a time of open prayer as well. 
So has anybody got anything they'd like to share? Yeah, we'll bring the mic to you just to embarrass you even more. Yeah, of course. So, if anybody wants to share, I will hold it. I love the way the front door is still going to be on Sunbridge Road, so we can still be Sunbridge Road Mission. Amen. We had the privilege of walking down to the um, plot of land and it was pretty amazing because when we used to stand at the top of the road and prayed, we haven't envisaged the mammoth amount of area that we've got. and. As pastors, elders, and deacons, we went down there to pray one Tuesday morning, and I was amazed. And it would be good for a number of people to go down and see what we've got and actually pray over the areas. We prayed where the um, pulpit was, is going to be. And it, it was staggering. And I praise God because we, as he say, we've come a long way. I grew up in this place. I grew up in this, this bill. But we can't stay in the past. We've got to move forward. And I think if God is saying to us to move forward and we are disobedient, then we will lose his blessing. Thank you, Val. Is this working okay? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, we we walked down there the other week, um, early on uh, a Tuesday morning, and it was quite amazing. Ian led us round. And to stand, I was actually just stood pretty much in the place where Ian said, and that's where the pulpit will be. And then so I sort of looked out and I saw you guys there. Well, most of you. I saw you guys there. And it was like you began to visualize it. And you realized, the, like Val said, the area that we have, that God's given us. It's a fantastic plot of land. And all that God's going to do down there is going to be amazing. More than we could ever hope or imagine right now. You know, we're making plans, and like John said, you know, what do you want? The sort of floor you want, or what do you want in this building, that building? But, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts and his desires and the things he's going to do, far more than we could even envisage. So we're just so limited. And I love the idea as well that Anwin said, it's still Sunridge Road Mission. How good is God? You know, if we'd have gone to another place, another area, whether it had been the nightclub that Phil mentioned, he knows more about nightclubs than me, or... Uh, <laughs> Holy Power Sports, or whatever it was called, those places, then, you know, it would have had a different name. But we're still going to be Sunridge Road Mission. That's how faithful God is. Let me just tell you a little story and then see if anybody else wants to uh, share anything. Just, uh, just a funny little occurrence that I didn't even pick up on because I'm a bit thick and, and not really discerning. But Phil picked up on this the other week. 
we were in the School of Discipleship, uh, which we have on a Monday night, and Bruce was leading us, and he gave us a Bible reading to, to read, and it was the wrong Bible reading, and he couldn't figure out where, why it had gone wrong or anything. I think Adam found it eventually, I don't know, maybe, and said, oh, it's this. But the Bible reading that he took us to, we read it because we thought that's what, he, that's what he wanted us to read. And we just sort of thought, no, that isn't it, and moved on. But it said this, and Phil heard this. It said, consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Which is 1 Chronicles 28.10. And that really stuck with me as well. When Phil mentioned that, I thought, God just keeps giving you little indications, little signs um, that he's, he's you know, showing us what to do. Has anybody else got anything they'd like to share? Go on, Adam. It's just, yeah, it's just a bit probably more personal than anything else. But I've just been thinking about uh, Anya and Zach and mm. all of our little ones, you know, Kim's little one, and just like looking at the future and realizing what our church is going to be then, because it will be different then. I think the people, the people here, we will have grown then, you know. And I think the, I, I suppose the caliber of of people that we are for God will have changed as well. I would have hoped as well, and I just I'm excited about um, the sort of people my little girl's going to influence in this church to come. So yeah, that's fantastic, and that's really important for us to realise, isn't it? This is about legacy. You know, we're we're all part as as believers. We're all part of God's great salvation story. He's called us to labour for Him, work for Him. He's called His chosen us to do that. We're all part of that. And you're not building over there for some, it might be like you say, for little kids, they're growing up, that's maybe all they're going to remember. And no, they're not going to remember this. For some of us, not maybe have as much time over there. But it's about legacy. It's about, it's about being about God's work and business and thinking beyond ourselves. God, what do you want to do? God, what, what are you planning and purposing? And he, he cares about our kids and our young people. And he's got a future for them as well. So it is about legacy. And we have a chance to be part of what God's doing in this. Anybody else got anything to share? Just don't scratch your face. Yeah. <laughs> no scratching your face, yeah. No itching, no moving. We'll think you want to speak. Following on from what just just being said, um, I have heard people within the mission say, mm. Oh, it'll never be built in our time. What's the point? You know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I continue giving. Or we continue giving. I've got a family here in front of me. Yeah. Or the future of Sunbridge Road Mission, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, you know, the Christians now, and hopefully they're going to carry on with that, yeah. with the Lord's blessing. Yeah. And I do think that what I'm giving now, albeit quite yeah. small, yeah. is for their future and for fu- for the future of the other Sunday school members. Absolutely. Thank you. So no, no pressure, Wells family, but you are the future of Sunbridge Road Church. No one else, just you. So, you know, just... That's, yeah. Will you please be quiet? Were you, were you sweating already, Phil, or was it just gone? Yeah. Go on, I was interested yeah. in hearing what you were saying about involvement of the Chinese church. Mm. Are they likely to be paying rent? In other words, the total cost of the bill is, is our responsibility. Are, are they coming in with some sort of capital sum in order to have part of the building? And will it be a Sunbridge Home Chinese building? 
Phil. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Do you want me to answer that, Michelle? Anybody other than me? That's okay. So far, the Chinese church have said that they will give a tenth of their income to the building, which they have been doing for about three, four months now, Andrew. Okay, so they've been giving a tithe of their offering um, to, the, to the building fund. Um, I went to speak to them, and a number of them took uh, pledge forms uh, individually to contribute to that. And as a church, they have made uh, a substantial donation already. Uh, to the fund and they will continue to do that. I don't plan to charge them rent um, but they are all re- we, we consider them as a part of our church. They have been for us when I was there apparently about two years after I started coming here the Chinese church started there so I, I very don't remember there not being a Chinese church and more than ever they feel a part of us and they want to be involved in that building and talking to the the leaders and there with Andrew and myself have had a couple of meetings with them. They see this as being their ministry and their church and being part of it. So they are already contributing. So they are already contributing and no, I won't be charging them rent because I see them as part of our country, uh, our church. And they do. They have, as long as I remember, given regular to the church as part of their using the building as well. So, yeah. Mm. Very good. Just yeah. Uh, just going back to uh, the finance again, and uh, I think there was a figure of £62,000 which been highlighted. Now, do we know, or well, I suppose we should know, how much do we have all together and do we have a target? Actually, when is it that we can raise the amount of money required to start the building? I know that's <laughs> a planning, you know. I think yeah. I think you can have, maybe have a word about that afterwards because I mean we we want to have like a testimony time rather than get into the details of finances okay. and stuff like that. Um, there there is an answer to that. It's called Andrew, <laughs> um, and maybe you can have a chat with him. I think we we want to sort of just move into a time of prayer, don't we? Uh, just another scripture before we move into time of prayer. It's going to be open prayer, so any of you can pray as you feel led. But uh, Numbers twenty three nineteen. It talks about God and says something which is quite obvious, but we need to remember this as well. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? And we're going ahead with everything. And tonight it's all about, based on the premise that God has spoken, that God has said, we want you to have a new building. And, and that's all we need. All the ins and outs of it, the working out of it, beyond my understanding. We need miracles. We need God to move. We've already had some testimony tonight of how God's done amazing things. He's going to do more and more of those things. And we're going to stand back in awe and say, how amazing is our God? Because he's going to provide for us. So we're going to spend the next five minutes or so just in prayer. So just as you feel led, and then I'll close with a prayer. Father, who is there like you? You are God from all eternity. Lord, we 
look to you for our future, Lord, because the future is in your hands. And we thank you, Lord, that all that you want to accomplish, you will. All that you plan and purpose, you're able to do. Lord, help us to see you as you truly are. Help us to read your word and just to see all the times that you brought about miracles, that there was no obstacle that you couldn't remove. There was nothing that you wanted to happen that didn't happen. And Lord, we just stand in awe of you. You're our God and you're awesome and amazing and able to do all that uh, we're hoping, Lord, to achieve of ourselves. Lord, we know that in you all things are possible. So Father, help us to just look to you. When we're having those moments of um, maybe doubts, moments where we, we're unsure, Lord, maybe we'll just look to the God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. And Father, we just put our hope, our trust in you. We want to serve you. We want to worship you. We want to reach this community for you, Lord. Build your kingdom here, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We're going to uh, finish the service by singing, or meeting by singing, the praises of God's faithfulness. And uh, just want to say thank you to... John and to Mark for being part of it. Andrew, sorry, um, for being <laughs> mixed up with names, for being part of all of this and uh, joining with us. And uh, thank you as well for those who provided the cakes as well. Um, so let's stand, shall we? And let's uh, just worship and praise the Lord to finish with singing. Of- Amen. And as um, an affirmation of our faith in the Lord, let's uh, join together in uh, this uh, wonderful declaration of the Apostle Paul, shall we? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming tonight, everyone. Uh, really been a blessing having you. And uh, we have actually recorded the evening, so it will be available. We might put it on the website, but we'll have some d- CDs available as well. So, uh, so and we're some mystic couldn't be here. So thank you. God bless you.